ASMR. ASMR. I don't understand ASMR. I what really does don't. What stand for? Auto sensory rheumatoid arthritis <laughs> movement. <laughs> you switched. Yeah, that doesn't work. ASMR. ASMR. You put movement at the end. Oh. Movement rabbit. Audio sensory movement rabbit. Yeah, audio sensory movement rabbit. No, I just want to find the gold. I want I want to capture the gold. You yeah, and with all of us spontaneity. Yeah, you know, you never and know what's going to happen. And it's just like, I'm going to have to edit all of this out. Exactly. Like, that's, <laughs> that's like, and it's like, ooh, ooh, this would be so good. And I get it, and I'm like, this was dumb. <laughs> so dumb. You sound like this all the time? Hello, and welcome to the Ducks Never Waver Lunch Break. Or you get food for thought and can rejuvenate to sally forth. Join the dynamic duo, Edwin and Megan, as they explore topics of gravitas and pomp, brought to the brink of absurdity and thrown off, down, down, down the precipice of ridiculousness. Hello, and welcome to the Ducks Never Wave for Lunch Break. We are joined today, we have a very exciting guest here, one that we have mentioned before, and you have all been dying to meet. We have here Michelle, uh, who is Edwin's wife. But other than that, she has slung burgers at diners. She has, or I guess you can say thrown food at willing customers. And she graduated from Calvin College with a BA in liberal arts. She is currently working at Baker Bookhouse as a marketing coordinator. She says that her best decision was being broke in Europe. And I've decided that her worst decision was marrying my brother. And she's still broke. (laughs) (laughs) But if it ain't broke, don't fix it. Did that work? I don't know. I don't yeah. know. Yeah. Were you there? Were you? Were, I was there for you, it. You laugh, you cried, it became a part of you. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. All right. So what we're going to do as an introduction to Michelle, and, and we hope to have her back unless we frighten her away and she runs away and we wouldn't blame her if she does. Ah. <laughs> and so what we're going to do is we're going to grab from the hat, which is actually a bucket of, of protein powder. The, the, well, use protein. Yes, it's just uh, a X nay the protein powder. Thank you, Michelle, for that the kind demonstration. <laughs> Anyways, so how this game works, Michelle, okay. is that we put thirty minutes on a timer, mm-hmm. and you get to grab out of the bucket randomly, and you get a topic. You can say anything you want about that topic, and we can discuss. And then as soon as you are sick of that topic, then we stop and you pick another one. Okay. So this is this is your thing. There are no rules until you break the rules and then I yell at you. Oh, dear. All right? So I don't know the rules. You know the rules. I know the rules and I'll tell you when you break one. Okay. Yes. Sounds good. Yeah, that's how that's how life works, right? <laughs> <laughs> okay. So, start. You get to go now. Oh, I have to pick. Oh, yeah. I am in control. You are complete control of this. I was not expecting this. Yeah, this, this. Is, this is your, your own 
problem. Like, okay. You have no one to blame but yourself for this. Oh, boy. Okay. I picked music. Did you know? Yeah. Amazing. Which we is, just talked about that. I know, which is actually pretty interesting because I was thinking that if this one was picked, I would talk about um, something we talked about just a little bit ago before the mic was on about picking music for yoga classes. Mm, mm-hmm. And how that's such and like a... What, like workouts in general? Yeah. Yeah. Because, like, everyone has a different workout playlist mm-hmm. and, and what gets them going. And for me, I find what I really enjoy, Megan and I both do yoga classes. And I used to attend a yoga studio that did not play music Mm. during their class. Mm -hmm. And I didn't always like that because they would play music before the class. So like when when you got in and you set up your mat, there would be music playing and I'd be all into it. And like, yeah, this is great. I like this vibe. And then when the instructor came in, they would turn it off. And I'd be like, oh man, I'm kind of bummed Mm because I kind of wanted to keep listening to that. But now the yoga studio I go to has a playlist before the yoga class and then they turn it off, get you breathing and get into it. And then most of them, like some of them will have their, their playlist started at that point. It'll be kind of low key. And then <clears throat> throughout like the class, some, some of it will be like the tinkly spa music. Yeah. Right. Like the, yeah. yeah like, like when you, sounds, if you've ever had a massage yeah. or something like that, or like you've gone to a spa, it's like the tinkly, like wind chimey thing that mm-hmm. they, they play. Yeah. Yeah. And then as you get further into the class, it'll slowly kind of get a little bit more upbeat and the the tempo of the music matches the tempo of the class. And so Mm -hmm. you get this build up to this like higher tempo music and then it 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 builds down at the end of the class into when you get into Shavasana, which is basically when you're just lying on the floor like a dead body. Yeah. And you're just like, I love this because I'm exhausted and I get to just exist now. Yeah. And so a little while ago we were talking about like what our playlist would look like for a yoga class. And I kind of have an idea of what mine would look like, but I'm interested to hear what yours would look like. Oh, I think it would be lots of music with lyrics. And it would be... I think... I mean, I guess it would be a lot of the music that I listen to already, but I do like music that has a bit more of a beat. And when I'm working out, my tolerance for pop music or, like, more current or, like, rock music or whatever, like, it goes up. Because usually I would say I'm a jazz and folk person. Mm -hmm. Like, that's typically what I'm going to be putting on. But, like, my tolerance for pop music goes way up when I'm working out. Because you want something that's easy. And, like, usually that's my diss against, like, modern country and and pop music is that it's so mind-numbing. But, like, when you're working out, you just are looking for the beat, and then you're kind of half paying attention to what, the music's doing, if that mm-hmm. makes sense. I, I, I don't know. I think for me, I like the novelty of like having lots of different music. Mm-hmm. And so when someone has like the same kind of stuff playing all the time, all through it, it gets really boring to me and it gets more difficult because honestly, as soon as there's a song that I like, I, I can, I can do a lot more reps or I can just hold it longer or better or what or at least I'm just enjoying it more yeah so I it does make a difference and I it's hard to say when you're working out because like a lot of times you're looking for that beat Right, because you're you're trying to time your movement to the beat, and you're trying to time your breath to the beat. So it, it does get 
a little bit trickier to find it, but I think they have it online that you can find things in a certain beat. Like yep, you make you playlists, or or you. you I've want. listened to be uh, to playlists where you you can say like 120 beats per minute. Oh wow! Yeah, because like for you, like with your jujitsu, it's really just the beat. Like you're not always really listening to like what we like music. You're not say. Yeah. Sometimes it's just a driving noise. Battle speed, Hortator. Battle speed! Attack speed. Attack speed! Ramming speed. I don't really care what we listen to while doing jujitsu, but a lot of guys hate it because otherwise you're listening to heavy man breathing and that's not always pleasant. What's interesting though is jujitsu is a sport where not always the the hardest driving thing is maybe the best, but that's mm -hmm. what everybody picks. Oh. Like thrash metal or something like oh, that. Oh, no, I don't. I, that, that wouldn't work for me. That's, that's too much. Like again, like the like sensory overload, mm -hmm. I guess, would happen. For me... If you want to win win my heart when it comes to a playlist, I love a theme. I have always loved themes. I will always. I have always tried to throw okay. theme parties. I've always got yelled at for being ridiculous. Okay. I yeah, feel like, honestly, so we've argued about... so much about theme parties. When they've done a theme, like, oh, like, there was, like, a Halloween one where they did, you know, a, a like, monster mash. And mm -hmm. they did, like, Harry Potter. I'm like, that's great. That's, for me, so fun. So if they just, like, did more themes themes and one time they did like a tropical theme where yeah. it was like all hawaiian music right that was so fun yeah so that's for me like i guess like if, if you were to ask me i'm like i don't really care specifically what it is for a workout but i love a theme yeah well because i even had an instructor on wednesday who had a, a theme because she was going on vacation mm -hmm. and i didn't mm -hmm. pick up on the theme until after she mentioned okay it. and she's like oh yeah i'm going to this area in florida that has like, I forget what it was. I forget the theme. It was, like, some kind of tropical theme. Yeah. And she's like, yeah, so I was pulling from that theme for my playlist. And I was like, as soon as she said that, I was like, oh, I see that now. Yeah, yeah. But it was subtle enough okay. that I just was kind of in the vibe of it. Yeah. Instead of being like, oh, wow, this is a theme. Yeah. Because I think music is so powerful, it can transport you other yeah. places. And so when you... Like, I think having a polka one would be really right. fun. <laughs> so I've been, like, thinking about, like, oh, well, if I were to put together a... Uh, a theme of music, what would it be? And I feel like my theme would actually probably be like angsty teenage Michelle. Sure. Of, like sure. going back in time to the songs I really enjoyed when I was a teenager. Yeah. And be just because I pulled a lot of energy out of those songs and I feel like I would yeah. pull that same kind of energy from my yoga yeah. class if I if I pulled those songs. So it'd be like, you know, earlier ver like from Owl City and Imagine Dragons and yeah. maybe even Frankie Ballard or something like that. Sure. Taylor Swift. Yeah. You know, old older versions yeah. of those artists and just kind of pulling from that and i feel like that's very millennial yeah like, to, it is. To kind and you're of gonna get our... like you're gonna get gen z people coming in i'm like i have no idea what this is all about right because yeah. it's just slightly before their time of when yeah. they would have really been paying attention to music but then like isn't it interesting though is like that's the stuff that feels the oldest 
Because, like, you go back to the 60s, and people are, like, incorporating it now in their remixes, and they're throwing yeah. songs from the 60s, and you're like, oh, they put it in their cool thing, and yeah. now it's cool. But, like, you go back, like, 15 years, and then you play it for somebody who's, like, the next generation, they're going to be like, that's so lame. Yeah. You're well, like, just I, wait 40 years, okay? I, I remember this comic... <laughs> Uh, when TikTok was first becoming a thing of, like, it's this, the, you know, impersonating this song. And it's a song that, like, has been, like, I have done my time and now I can rest and it goes into a grave. Mm-hmm. And then all of a sudden it's, like, and it's, like, the song has rested for, like, you know, however many years. And it's this tombstone of, like, you know, a good song. Yeah. And then all of a sudden this person comes with a shovel and it's, like, TikTok, re- re- yeah. you know, digging up this <laughs> song and bringing it back to life. And the song is, like, why are you doing this to me? Yeah. Right? And yeah. It's, it's because we do that. We're, like... Like, oh, this was a great song, and it had its time, and now all of a sudden it's like, oh, TikTok is revitalizing this song and bringing it back, and yeah. it's like, well, should it? Yeah, like, I mean, I think some some of the things, it's, it's fun to see it come back and say, like, it was it was a good song, and that's mm-hmm. how you know, like, I don't know, like, you're, you're going to see things cycle, right. cycle through, and, like, the good ones set, because, like... There's an awful lot of songs written in the 60s, and not, not all of them are great. Yeah. You know, but there are some really great ones. So I'm like, I'm, I'm happy to, to see it back. Like, um, one one that was trending on Instagram recently was something from Tijuana Brass. I'm like, I love Tijuana Brass. I'm so thankful that other people are getting to the opportunity to even know right. like, this is a thing. Yeah. It was from Whipped Cream and Other Delights. Okay. Lady Fingers is a really good album. So that was that was exciting. If you were to ask me, do a theme. Yeah, <laughs> that's that's what I would say. I don't know. Yeah. Let's go. Yeah, mix it up. Do it up. Books. Okay. The book I just finished is. I find it very interesting because I was actually thinking about it last night while Edwin was off abandoning me and I was home alone. All alone am I ever since you. Your car. I know. He's so hurt. He's like, what? 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 I went off to fix my car and left me all alone <laughs> in my house. Uh, but no, I took it as an opportunity to finish the book I was reading, which was uh, Thank You, Jeeves by P.G. Woodhouse. I read this book because Edwin read this book and he laughed so often mm-hmm. while reading this book, like laughed out loud that I was like, man, this must be a pretty good book. And I what I discovered is that Edwin and I interact very differently with books. Mm. And that's something that he finds very funny, he laughs out loud at. And something I find funny, I just smile and keep reading. 
Mm, and it only mm-hmm. takes something that I find very funny mm-hmm. for me to actually laugh. And mm-hmm. I think I maybe have that like two or three times with this book. Yeah, it takes more for you to laugh out loud. Yeah. I would say I fall into that court a little bit, but there have been some books that have made me laugh out loud. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and I think it's also just a intera- uh, different interaction with like the, the plot devices of the book too, because I remember Edwin really laughing when the Banjoli in this book got destroyed. Because mm-hmm. he saw it as a major plot device to the story. Mm-hmm. And I was like, okay, it got destroyed. It wasn't mm-hmm. really that important. And, like, Edwin made me kind of think that it was more important than it was. Because he's like, oh, this whole thing, like, that the story was contingent on it just got destroyed. Mm-hmm. And I was like, I was assuming it meant that the Benjoli was important to the outcome of the, the love interest couple of the story. Mm-hmm. For them getting back together. And I was like, it wasn't really that important. No, so but, I, I just got confused. But it was super, I made yeah. I made different assumptions. But what was it important? But it was to? super important to the, the whole, relationship the, between Jeeves and Wooster, Wooster yeah. which is the very very important oh, if you want any future book, books, books in the series. Yeah, that's the interesting thing too. I like, think what's when, the you, focus? when you both are reading a book, you're going to focus. Like it, it is interesting that you are going to focus on different characters, and mm-hmm. like you're going to worry about like because you were looking worried about like the love interest. Yeah, where Edwin was worried about Jeeves and. Wooster's relationship. Yeah. Because he knows more about the series than I do. Yeah, but I think it is interesting, like, what characters you focus on, like, when you have ensemble casts in a book. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, you know that the, the, the love interest is not... The love interest is a little bit like... Um, the MacGuffin? Yeah. It's, well, it's also a little bit but like... But it was the plot of, device of this book. Sometimes the... Yeah, but it's a little bit like how Shakespeare has, like, the love interest, but it's not, like, really the most important thing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You have... Well, and I Between think... Claudio and, and, and Hero. Mm, like, that... that, lo- it, is that the, it is the plot device, device and yet we really care about Beatrice and Benedict. Right. I see what you're saying. Yeah. Yeah, yeah okay. See, and, and I think because you were reading this book knowing that it's part of a larger series that you've interacted with before, you were like, this relationship between Dries and Wooster is much more important than this love interest that this yeah. book is focusing mm-hmm. on. Yeah. But because this was the first book I read with Jeeves and Wooster, I was like, well, what's going to happen with Pauline and Chuffy? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Because I'm like, that's the focus of this book. Mm-hmm. I know that there are other books that include Jeeves and Wooster, so, like, who cares mm-hmm. about their relationship? I kind yeah. of assume, I'm like, this is just an episodic within a larger mm. series, so, like, it's probably going to end up with... I actually called it at the end, like, mm-hmm. sorry, spoilers to those listening, but, like, Wooster ends up back in the apartment he started in, and mm-hmm. I was like... Every, and like, there's a TV series that goes along with this book series, and I was like, I've watched a couple of those, so I'm mm-hmm. like, I always know he's in this apartment. Right. So I'm like, he's going to end up back in this apartment yes. with Jeeves. Yeah. So I'm like, just, that's what happens in these kind of episodics. It's kind of like The Simpsons or, like, mm-hmm. you know, other TV shows where every episode is going to end up with the family in the same exact situation that they've always been in so that you can watch any episode in any order and it's always going to make sense. Mm. Unless, like, it's mm-hmm. a three-part or two-part mm-hmm. episode series. This is going to come back around, so that's why I was more focused on Pauline and Chuffy than mm-hmm. I was on Jeeves and Wooster. Is this the first Jeeves and Wooster novel? Or it's the is, first novel. It's the first novel. He did and then some short stories beforehand. Okay. But he does not make it feel like it's the first novel because he calls back to a lot of things that you don't know about. Right. Right. And I Which, think that's yeah. his writing tactic to get yeah. you aware of this whole world, this whole yeah. storyline. Yeah. I can't think of... I think it was... 
I think it's actually Rumple of the Bailey. John Mortimer which is a TV show but he also wrote the stories first but then he ended up writing the stories for the the TV show and also publishing them separately mm-hmm. but it's one of those things where sometimes he just refers to cases that, like, it's this whole story. And he's like, it's the great case of this. Yeah. You know, and you're like, oh, there's the story. And he never wrote the story for that. Yeah. You know, so, like, he, yeah. he just, it's, it's just one of those things that he refers to. And that's, I think it's always fun when it, when an author does that. It's, like, the thing that they refer to. And yet you're never going to know. Yeah. There's no story. There's no, like, oh, you don't get to see. the potential that he could do something with that, but he's yes. probably not going to. Yeah. It's just kind of fun that you can do that with characters that you can know as the author and yet your readers not necessarily all they know is that there's some sort of inside thing and they figure it out like oh i guess there was this big court case here or like oh here's the story that birdie went through mm-hmm. i think it's a good way to have backstory and just let, build the depth of the character yeah i love it when there's backstory and they don't tell you everything about the backstory but mm-hmm. you know it's there mm-hmm. yeah in other in other terms of books this has also got me thinking about the fact that i work at a bookstore right and I actually recently had to fill out a staff pick at this bookstore. And Jeeves and Wooster is not a book that the bookstore I work at would carry. Right, because you work at a Christian bookstore. bookstore. Yeah, so that it's, even though it's, like, not anti-Christian. Like right. P.G. Woodhouse is a, a great author, but it's not, like... It's more secular yeah. rather than Christian. And yeah. it's not even something we would probably even have in our used book section, which is a shame. I feel like we should. That would be, you know, Woodhouse would be really good yeah, to have Yeah, it's there. very yeah. clean. So yeah, it's yeah, like, yeah. it would be great for a Christian to read. But of course, some Christians are like, no, I must only read Christian authors. Anyway, mm-hmm. not, my, not my prerogative here. But like, it's just kind of fun because sometimes I really have to think about the books that I, I read and recommend or the fact that I get free books from the bookstore I work at. Mm-hmm. Uh, and sometimes they aren't always books I would choose to read, but I'm like, well, it's interesting enough and I get it for free. So like, why not get it? Yeah. And then I get it and I'm like, why the heck did I get this book? <laughs> it's nothing I would what ever What am I going to do with it now? Um, and I just, I think that's really interesting when you get too far into a uh, specific genre or like niche of mm-hmm. books, of writing, or even just genre that you just, you get too deep. I don't know. Absolutely. I would, yeah, that's, I think that's a big danger with music, books, um, movies, anything like that where people just kind of gets stuck with one thing, mm-hmm. right? Whereas actually, if you broaden your horizons and you have a smattering of everything, it's going to improve your enjoyment of all the things, right? Whereas like if you get so stuck into it, you're going to be so sucked in and then you're just going to like, you're going to get bored with it and you're going to like see all the tropes, but like in a bad way, mm-hmm. you know, and then you just like, I don't know, you see more flaws in it yeah. and like, I don't know. And like, I think too, like it's just, the broader, like your horizons are the better. Yeah. Well, cause when you read life. so much outside of Christian fiction and then you go into Christian fiction, like you see all the tropes and yeah. all the things that these authors are falling into because a lot of times Christian fiction authors, some of them are very experienced in what they're doing. They're very, they're writing for that very specific audience of the Christian reader and other ones are just kind of entering into it and they're falling into all the classic tropes. Mm-hmm. I'm like, Oh, it's the prodigal son or, Oh, mm-hmm. it's, you know, 
somebody yeah. coming and to I, faith yeah. or and all that's, the things. I, I, that's, I think, partly a problem when you're you're approaching it not to, like, I'm going to tell the best story I can tell. You're telling it as, what will my readers like? And yeah. what's, you know, what's something that they're going to, you know, think is cool? And what is, you know, like, how do I market this mm-hmm. yeah. you know you're instead of saying like i have this story that needs to be told and this is the way i need to tell it uh it's it's yeah it becomes like a marketing and then you see it a mile away yeah. like, oh they're marketing it for that and yeah. that so then it and gets, then it's no longer art you yeah wa- you wasted all your time you didn't you didn't add anything to the world you just i mean when at, at best it's entertainment then right at best yeah yeah but usually it's not the best entertainment out there that's true yeah all right, shall we move on? Yeah. See, see what else you get. Food and drinks. Ooh, clearly we have to talk about the fact that we just attended a beer brunch. That yes. was fantastic. That was so fun. And we had beer and we had brunch and they went very well together. Mm-hmm. And I very much enjoyed my mimosa flight. And this is your automated captain. Mm. Would you care for more mimosa? Mm. Don't mind if I do. Thanks. You're welcome. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Well, and I think I think what's really interesting about food and drinks is the fact that there is a really specific science behind pairing specifically alcohols with different foods. Mm-hmm. You know, like there's a whole science behind making sure that you're pairing the right wine with the right meat and the right, I mean, even with beers, you can have a, a beer, a certain beer with a specific meal that's going to taste better than if you had the beer yeah. outside. I mean, even my favorite beer... Um, which is the Soft Parade by Shorts. Mm-hmm. I would say it's probably my favorite beer ever. Like, if there's ever a beer All I crave... All time, yes. If there's ever a beer I crave, it's honestly probably Soft Parade by Shorts. Mm-hmm. And the best, like, my favorite time to drink that beer is when I have it with tacos. Mm-hmm. And I have no idea why. It just tastes the best. Mm-hmm. And well, so... probably because like, you have, like, peppers and coriander and cumin going on, and that's probably the spices that work well with it. Yeah. And then that, yeah, complement the beer just right. And then where I was going to go with this was the fact that the first time I ever became aware of these, like, pairing options was mm-hmm. when I started working for Shipped for a very mm-hmm. short time mm-hmm. um, where I had to do all this training. It was really pointless, to be completely honest. <laughs> but they had us do this training, walk through this training to potentially suggest to our customers that they could pair a wine with a, a meat. And we had we had to take this training to go through what wines go best with what meats. And I will tell you what, I do not remember any of it. I just remember having to do it. Crazy. And that was the first time I ever realized that there, were, there was this whole science behind oh, it. Oh, yeah. And, I mean, that was when I was in my senior year of college. Yeah, okay. So I'm, that was my first exposure to it. I feel yeah. like you guys probably know a little bit more about it because yeah. you grew up with a more, probably healthier relationship with alcohol than I did. Yeah, and just kind of more on the foodie spectrum of things. But, yeah, like having festivals of, like, pairing wines with food and beers with food. Uh, because of that, like, you know, because you have such a spectrum of flavors, like with, with beer, you have like bitter and then you have like sweeter and then, you know, like you can pair it with foods that will enhance because you might have something that's like a very something, a, a food that's very bitter and then you pair it with something sweeter. Mm-hmm. Right. Like it, yeah. it, it complements it so that like when you take a bite and take a sip, like it, it balances it out. It's kind of like when you have. Like, sometimes you have, like, opportunities to over-season something. Like, you have, like, this is going to be salty because this is not salty. Mm-hmm. Right? And when you eat it together, it's perfectly seasoned. Right. So it's kind of that idea, I think. You kind of, like, look at, like, the balance of, of flavors. Yeah. yeah. Is that- 
Go ahead. No, it's just like a lot of times you'll pair an IPA with like a hearty sandwich or like even a hamburger mm-hmm. just because you have those, those fat, that fattiness. In the yeah, IPA something cuts. fatty is good with an IPA because you have something that cuts through. Yeah. Yeah, something bracing. Mm-hmm. I mean, Edwin and I have even approached that differently with how we prepare our tacos. With like, I don't really season the beans because I'm like, well, the beans are an addition to the taco, mm-hmm. and that the taco should be seasoned enough to account for the beans. Mm-hmm. Whereas Edwin is like, well, no, both must be seasoned appropriately. Nobody's wrong, but no, it de- it, I mean, it right. depends how heavy you go, and like, what do you count as seasoned? Right, because like, like, it depends how heavy you pepper. Go. Yeah. In the beans. Yeah. And that's probably about as far as I go. But one time, Edwin cooked the beans, and he was putting coriander and cumin and mm-hmm. ancho in it. And I was like, oh, that's I That's a really do interesting that. debate. Yeah. Because, like, you want recurring flavors so that everything, like, comes yeah. through. But then you get the argument, like, well, everything tastes the same. Same. Yeah. Exactly. Because that was then, my yeah. argument. I yeah. was like, well, why would you do that? Because now they taste the same. Yeah. And I'm like, sometimes I'll put more beans on if I think that the taco meat got too flavorful. <laughs> <laughs> That's not, that's not a thing. Or too spicy. I okay. guess I should have said too okay. spicy. <laughs> because I'm like, okay, well, then the beans can at least balance out the fact that I think I made them a little bit too hot right. for my taste. But yes. I know Edwin likes spicy, so sometimes yeah. I'll throw a little extra Tabasco sauce in there yeah. so that he's happier. Yeah. But then I'll put more beans on so that I don't burn my mouth off. <laughs> because yes. I don't have as high a tolerance for heat as he does. Yeah. You know? Yeah. No, that that that's, makes sense. Heat tolerance, too, is something you work up to. Yeah. And I'm, um, I and you have, probably are better now than you used to be. Oh, for sure. Yeah. And I mean, I've never been as bad as my mom who like, if anything spicy touches her tongue, she tastes mm-hmm. it for about 10 days afterwards. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm so bad. Cause I, yeah, I love spicy food. I love the endorphin rush. So like that pain kicking in is so good. <laughs> but I think that's where a lot of people don't like it. Right. So I'm like, once... But I, I want it spicy enough that those endorphins are, are kicking in. Yeah. And see, for me, if it's if it's so spicy that it hurts to eat, I'm like, well, why then? Why eat it? Like, it's Be- causing me pain. Because of the endorphins. Yeah, it but it doesn't because give the pain, me... In. Because the pain feels good. It hurts so good. It hurts so good. And I don't feel like it hurts so good. It just hurts. Looking at... I mean, that's my issue with wings. Like, a lot of the time I don't enjoy wings nearly as much as Edwin does because I'm like, first of all, it's messy. And I don't like the sensation of it on my fingers and under my nails. And maybe that's my fault because I have slightly longer nails than the average person. But, like, I don't enjoy it. For one, because of that. And then for two, if it's spicy, I enjoy it even less because I'm like, now it's messy and it hurts. It hurts me. And so now my nose is running and my eyes are watering because it's so spicy and everything's just uncomfortable and I can't wipe my nose or my eyes because everything's just gross. Well, that's why you wipe it on Edwin's shirt. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) And I'm just like, this isn't a pleasant experience for me. Yeah. But now that I know that self, that about myself with wings is I can prepare myself to know, okay, if I'm going to have spicy wings, I should have some blue cheese on hand so that that dulls the spice just a little bit. Yeah. I'll have a bunch of napkins on hand <laughs> so I can wipe my fingers. And I know I can only oh, handle, like... Oh, you should go like, to a classy place that gives you the wet naps. Right, yeah. Yeah, yeah exactly. 
Those are good people. Um, and the hand smell like chemicals for right, that day. Right, yep. yeah. And, and so, like, I'm all prepared for that, and then I, I only take, like, two or two or three wings, mm-hmm. and, like, that's my limit for how much I can adequately enjoy okay. for what I'm getting out of it. Yeah. You know, with everything else, like, that rest of the payoff. Yeah. And, it, and like, I wish I enjoyed wings as much as, like, Edwin does, or I yeah. know mm-hmm. you do. Yeah. Because I'm like, they look wonderful. Yeah. But I just know for myself, like, it's just too much. Too much pain. <laughs> it's funny, with wings, I will say that the pain that I experience is sometimes when I have a bunch of cuts on my hand, mm. and then the sauce gets in your fingers. That's and true. Just... You guys just need to walk around with latex gloves, then. Just pull those on. <laughs> yeah. When you're eating or something. Well, that's know. actually what I do when I prepare raw meat. Sure. Even last night, I made hamburgers, and, like, I had to form the patties and yeah. I put gloves on to sure. form the patties and that's just what that's, I know about myself that I have to do. That's fine. Anyway, we, should, we can okay. move on now. No, now we're going to do, oh. that was our 30 minutes by the way. Oh wow. Yeah, it goes fast, doesn't it? Yeah. Yeah, so what we're going to do is we're going to have five minutes of rapid fire. Oh, okay. So you're going to just, we're not going to talk, you're going to just go through things. I mean, we'll probably talk. I can't stop myself. I'm still talking right now. So we're going to do that and you're just going to try to get through at least three in five minutes. Okay. What does that mean? Like I pick it out and what do we do? We say things. Oh, okay. The same thing is always just faster. Just less talky talk. Projects. Tell us about your plants, dear. Yeah. My plants, I have, what did we count last time? We we have 36 plants. Yep. 36. (laughs) That's 36 pots. Yeah. So that's not actually total plants because some plants share pots with other plants. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So if I were to count like all the plants, I have like multiple propagations going on right now too, Mm -hmm. which... You don't always know how that's going to end up. No, you don't. It's it's really funny because, like, I feel like since I have so many plants, I should really be an expert on it, but I really am not. Well, that's how you, you learn, though. Like, you have a wide yeah. variety, and some live and some die, and then you move on yeah. with your life. I will say, like, in total, I've only killed about three plants. Wow, that's impressive. Yeah. yeah. And, and two of them, I think, were because of neglect. I, I should have... I either... Well, neglect or over-attention... Yes, I either, smothering. Yeah, I either it's, gave them too much water or not enough water. Yeah. I think one was too much water and the other one was not enough water. Mm. I did have a couple Probably of... the one was smothered and the other one died of jealousy. Yeah. Because you were giving one more attention than the other. Yeah. Middle child syndrome. Well, I overcompensated because I, I forget <laughs> what plant it was. Oh, it was a succulent. It was a succulent plant. I have no idea what kind of plant it was, but I was like, this thing looks, it's it was big. And so I was like, it needs a lot of water. So I watered it about every three days mm. and that was too much water. Yeah. And the poor thing like got root rot and then I tried to propagate it so that it grew new roots and it kind of worked for like a couple of months and then it just died. Aww. And it was really sad because it was a really gorgeous plant. But currently, you have 37 pots. 36 pots. 36 pots that are alive and well. Yeah. So that's that's pretty impressive. So hopefully, you keep learning more about plants. Yeah. And so you can tell me how to keep mine alive. <laughs> right, next one. Okay. Clothes. Things worn. I'm really tired of picking out clothes. <laughs> it's hard to pick out outfits, isn't it? That's, it is. Yeah. It's exhausting. I really want summer to come so that I can, like, switch my wardrobe over a little bit because I'm wearing the same sweaters because they're easy and comfy every day. Yeah. Well, I think we should also normalize wearing the same things over and over again. I think because, so, too. Because Actually, I, have, I have my at-home clothes, which is, like, for three days I wear the same thing, and then I have my at-work clothes where I basically wear the same thing for three days. <laughs> <laughs> they're all variations of sweatpants and T-shirts. Well, <laughs> and so I work, I work in an environment where you have to dress, like, it's kind of business casual but it's also like more casual than business casual like we're allowed to wear jeans yeah and but you also have to look presentable you have to look somewhat nice and so um on friday is 
you can be a little bit more casual than you might normally, and you can get away with wearing, like, words on your shirts and stuff. And so I have, like, four shirts um, that I cycle through for Fridays. Mm-hmm. One says, and I work in a bookstore, right? So, like, one says I have no shelf control, which I think is just kind of funny for working in a bookstore. One has, I, I got from my father-in-law, your guys' father, that is, no, like, yeah, I know how that works, right? <laughs> Um, and, and it says all the things that I do in my spare time. And it's like, I read books, I research books, I buy books, I reorganize my books. And like, it's got all these things. Oh, that's my favorite, the reorganizing. Yeah. Uh, and the only thing I wish that shirt did say is that I also write books because Mm. like, I'm working on a book. We won't talk about that though. And (laughs) so. We'll just cut that out. Yeah. I won't. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) But, and so I have that shirt, which also works really well for a book, bookstore. And then I have another shirt that says, uh, plant lady on it because I have so many plants. And then I think the last shirt that I go through is one that I actually bought from the bookstore. It's a just like a Christian saying shirt, whatever. I think it says, like, be kind to everyone, including yourself. And, like, those are the four shirts I rotate through. But for a little bit there, I realized that there was one shirt I wore for, like, three Fridays in a row. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, my word, my coworkers are probably thinking I'm crazy because I just keep wearing the same exact shirt on Fridays. That's but it's hilarious. because I don't want to put any effort into what I hear that. I, yeah, I think, yeah, sometimes we have too many clothes to put the effort into. Yeah. I don't know. I'd rather have less and just not think about it mm-hmm. at this point. It's fun sometimes, but I, like, like you said, like, sometimes you're just, like, go with well, what's comfortable, what's easiest. Yeah. And for that, I think we're kind of blessed to live in a, in a state where changes of seasons are a thing, where mm. you can switch out your wardrobe a little bit based on the, the weather. Oh, so that you're, it's not so boring. Yeah, yeah. So that like you can put your sweaters away for a while and you can grab out your t-shirts and your tank tops. And, yeah. And so then you get a little bit of variance. I think it's now time that was to a, talk that about was the a, most that important was a, subject. That was a slow rapid fire, but it's okay. Sorry. <laughs> I talk that, too much about stuff. That was like a, uh, rapidly slow fire yeah that's that's right so no my the last and the most important topic to talk about is ducks never waver of course what is your favorite product that we have had or we currently sell oh man that is such a hard question because i've actually ended up with quite a number well not a huge number, but yeah. like a decent but it can, number. It can of the be products. something you you have, or it can be just something you don't have, and just something walk. you just covet. You just covet, and yeah. you you I look mean, most longingly. Re- most recently, I really love your silk noodles that yes. you described in one of your recent reels. I think those are so cool. The fact that they are double sided mm-hmm. um, really adds like a dynamic to them that makes them so fun, and you coordinate those that double sidedness so well. Oh, thank you. And I think they're super dynamic in how you can put them as a headband, you can put them as a scarf, you can put them as a ribbon in your hair. Yeah. I know that I have those days at work where I don't want to even deal with my hair, so like putting it back in a ponytail and having a ribbon that like kind of yes. hides, you know, hides the grease. Yeah. The slime, the sludge. <laughs> The flaky flakes. <laughs> it's super nice. The gnarliness. Yes. I don't know what you guys are talking about. Yeah. Well, you wear a hat all day. You wouldn't know. Yeah. <laughs> but no, I really... No, it gives you a really pretty option. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I think that's really cool. And I really want to buy one. Go for it. I will. <laughs> I dare you. Yeah. <laughs> I accept that challenge. Well, yeah. thank you very much for joining us. Yes. For, for being willing to... Put yourself through this abuse. Uh, for sure. <laughs> and uh, It happens without the mic on or off anyway, so you know. <laughs> oh. oh. <laughs> Poor you. Uh-huh. But, uh, yeah, hopefully we'll have you on again. Okay. And uh, thank you, everyone, for joining us. We hope you enjoyed your time here on our lunch break. 
and uh, be pleasant. Be pleasant. Stay quacky. <laughs>